The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to uh, Friday Night Live with me Hafi Shaban on this Friday uh, early evening on the 22nd of March 2019 corresponding to the 15th of Rajab 1440 as usual broadcasting live uh, on Luton Inspire FM on a 5.1 FM uh, and also across some of our sister stations nationally in Sheffield, Link FM, Peterborough Salaam, Derby, Nottingham uh, and also broadcasting live via the Inspire FM app, uh, live Facebook stream. Uh, and so, of course, plenty of ways for you to tune in and follow the conversation, follow today's debate and try to join in today's discussion, today's debate, get your voices heard. As always, the number in the studio 01582481822. 01582481822. Uh, for those who are more keen, to SMS or WhatsApp, their thoughts zero triple seven nine zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two is the number for your SMS and for your WhatsApp messages, inshallah. Uh, so uh, plenty of ways uh, get engaged, get, get in uh, in touch, inshallah. We'll always like to hear from our listeners. Uh, with me here in the studio, who's gonna inshallah be helping out? Uh, I'm feeling a bit under the weather today. Is uh, is uh, brother Zafar? Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Yeah, I really appreciate today your oh, effort in coming uh, in, uh, coming to the studio. I know you're not well, but uh, responsibility comes first. Yeah, yeah. Eh? <laughs> there you go, brother Mashallah. Zafar. Mashallah. So good, good to have you in the studio. Alhamdulillah, as a co-presenter. And uh, when I think we need to hand it over to you, we'll make you the the lead presenter. Inshallah. Uh, I think my days are over. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, but anyway, uh, li- listeners, okay, well, what do we have lined up today? So, I mean, um, you know, we, we are and we will be continuing to uh, discuss uh, the aftermath of the New Zealand mosque attacks uh, last week. So it's a week since the uh, the attacks on the New Zealand uh, massages. So we're going to be reflecting upon a week after those attacks. So we're going to be looking at some of the interviews, some of the stories of the victims that have perhaps come out, some of the heroism that, that's emerged. Uh, uh, and, and and really be asking the question, you know, what what has touched you as an observer as you followed the unfolding events uh, of of last week, uh, as as you've read the stories, as you've heard the, the the different narratives, as you as you've watched the the media headlines. What in particular has touched you? You know, I, I want to hear from you, right? And I also want to hear from Brother Zafar and some of our guests that we're going to have to discuss this first story, inshallah. And we're also going to be looking at a wider perspective in terms of what's the world response been. What, what has the response been from New Zealand? Brother Zafar was raising it earlier in terms of how New Zealand has responded. Let, let's focus on that. And also, look, let's look at the ideology that has been fueling this far-right hate. And, and there's been a number of articles in, 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 the, mm. in the press with regards to the far-right hate. Right? So it's an interesting topic because it's not no longer the Islamic extremism that you know, has been the focus of, of attention, policies, politicians, uh, you know, the authorities. But also there's been spotlight on with regards to the far right hate and, and hatred and we I want to discuss that with the with our guests also inshallah so that's the first hour of the show uh, and then the second hour of the show we are discussing as part of the inspire fm muslim history month uh, the Ottoman Empire, right? The Osmani Khilafah. We're going to be discussing the Osmani Khilafah. We're going to be discussing with a number of researchers, historical uh, historians, with regards to the Ottoman Empires and the facts from uh, the Ottoman Empire. And it's been almost um, 
uh, what is it? It's been about 70, 80 years since the uh, 1924. Yeah, well, the hundred years in, in, in 2023. So what? 2023. Yeah, let's 95, 96. I think exactly right. So it's been quite. Quite, quite a number of years since the uh, official ab- abolishment of the Uthmani Khilafah. So we're going to be discussing that as part of the uh, as part of the Muslim History Month uh, in the second hour of the show. So inshallah, that that is the lineup uh, this uh, this evening. Uh, so I do really want to reach out to my listenership in terms of in the, all the different areas with regards to the first topic in terms of your thoughts and your feelings and what's really caught your attention a week after the events in New Zealand. Oh one five eight two four eight one. 822 right so before we, we hear our, uh, from our listeners uh, brother Zafar I'm gonna ask you the same question you know it's been a week and of course everyone's been glued to their TV sets you, to the, the different you know media outlets uh, been following the stories that have you know come out of New Zealand what, what, what's touched you know and caught your attention over the last uh, last week brother Zafar I, I think, to be honest, uh, as the week has gone by, uh, I think the, the initial focus was, was actually on the, the the terrible event itself. Mm. Um, you know, the callousness and brutality of the event, yeah. and coming to terms with that. But over the over the days, I think mm. New Zealand, and in particular, uh, the the uh, the leader uh, of New Zealand, mm. Jacinda Ardern, mm. uh, she has shown uh, a true compassionate leadership mm. and I think the narrative that she's managed to sort of portray has been not one of remembering New Zealand as as a uh, as a place where a terror attack took place but where mm. compassion was shown mm. uh, and she's been you know she's been hitting the headlines and she's been amazing to be honest mm. she's mm. managed to turn around the the mood and the feeling mm. of the whole nation if not the whole world yeah uh, you know, towards New Zealand and towards mm. Christchurch and towards mm. the, the the Muslim community as well, mm. I would say. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that's been the, the dominant narrative in the last couple of days. Yes. Uh, but also, I think there's lots of analysis being done uh, in terms of, you know, w- what what is fueling the, these kind of uh, thinking and ideology. And I think the other thing that, that caught my attention was, uh, was the uh, call out by the, uh, um, the head of counterterrorism. Yeah. Neil Basu indicating that that uh, it's the media that's actually uh, uh, radicalizing that kind of narratives, the oh. the hate, the right. hate element of it. Yeah, uh, we probably touch on it a bit later, yeah. a bit later on. But again, that that's quite significant because mm. this is something that Muslim community has been saying for quite a while. Yes, uh, that the, the media has been quite sort of uh, a vicious. Uh, in their portrayal of Muslims, right. and uh, now I think it's it's uh, the impact of that is being felt. I think okay. so, and it's been called out. All right, great. Uh, for your for your thoughts. I'll, I'll come back to the to some of your thoughts, but we have got on the line our, our first guest, who is the Deputy Chief Constable Naveed Malik, who's um, the Constable and the Head of Operational Communications in Policing. So let me welcome uh, Naveed Malik to Friday Night Live. Uh, Assalamu alaikum and welcome, uh, Brother Naveed Malik, to Friday Night Live. Yeah, right, Islam. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you've heard the back, uh, background uh, the last couple of minutes about what Brother Zafar has been sharing in terms of some of his thoughts. Uh, the, I, I, I was just reading earlier to Brother Zafar in terms of the Guardian uh, news article: uh, anti-Muslim hate crimes saw in the UK after the Christchurch shootings. Right, so almost a hundred incidents in the last week. Right, uh, a number of different articles pointing their fingers towards the the, the, the media. A number of studies that I, that I've been focusing on that I, that I've read over the 
the last couple of days, you know, pointing their fingers towards these politicians who are able to very cleverly play within the lines. Okay, and almost, you know, create this atmosphere of, you know, anti-Muslim kind of hatred. Uh, 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 firstly, I want to ask yourself, uh, Naveed Malik, how has your communication and your interaction been with the community since the events last week? Uh, and how do we respond to, you know, these kind of reports where very clearly people, uh, academics, uh, researchers are pointing their fingers towards the media, towards these politicians for creating such a hostile, uh, hostile environment? Uh, okay, thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to give my condolences first to uh, our, our brother and sister who, who passed away in uh, New Zealand, Nemala Grantham, uh, Jannah, inshallah. Uh, I'll just make the comment that, that clearly um, all the media, people who are politicians, community leaders, self-appointed leaders of whatever description have to be responsible in terms of what they uh, say, what they print. Um, you know, we need responsible journalism. And, of course, I think it's it's there. There have been articles which are less journalistic in terms of material, in terms of um, insightful, more um, more kind of creating hatred and, and, and um, sort of less community cohesion, in fact. So I, I will say that clearly all people need to make sure that whatever they're putting out um, is put out factually, there needs to be balanced reporting. Mm. But I think the way the Muslim community can negate this some way and somehow is that through that day-to-day contact with, with people of their own um, not, not sorry, faith communities, but all communities that live nearby. They must go out there, they must talk about Islam as a peaceful religion, what Islam yeah. gives in terms yeah. of cohesion. That's a great opportunity of countering the negative narrative, and that's a great way of showing people that the print might say one thing, but actually, mm. please relate to how we engage with each other. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I've always, we've always encouraged as a radio station in terms of our community to engage, engage, engage. There's no no such thing as you know turning our backs towards you know these kind of uh, you know events, right? And uh, and there's nothing better than actually engaging on, on the back end of that. But you have got a climate of you know uh, hatred being created by the politicians and and the media, and and it'll be interesting to see. You know, what are the concerns that the community is raising with yourself, right? In terms of, you know, have we been, have you been able to have this op- open, honest and a critical look at the concerns of the community in light of these uh, awful events, uh, Naveed? Yeah, it's a half. And, and mm. clearly, as a result of the incident that happened, I went to a big masjid in Peterborough, mm. a big congregation last Friday, we spoke yeah. to them about their concerns. And, and you are, people are scared and, mm. and people are worried about uh, going about the normal business in the community and going to masjid in particular. We've got to make sure that we, the police, and with our partners, we give people that reassurance that, that inshallah, we're there for them, we want to listen to them. Mm. They must report things to us when they're concerned or anxious. Mm. and concerned. But mm. I think uh, Brother Zuffer was talking a few minutes ago was a look, I think what, what's, what's become quite apparent is there's a lot of people in our communities of all faiths, all religions, all colours, who are very balanced, very caring, and have come out in support of, of Islam and Muslims yeah. in the sense that they want people to live side by side in unity. I think we've got to hold on to that. Yes, there is this kind of angst and concern. We partners, please, we've all got to work together. Mm. But I think that that interaction, that data contact, and, and 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 importantly, not rising to retaliate in any way using yes. bad language or, mm. or or causing hatred on our side. Yeah. And I'll just say this, for, for if you don't mind, but clearly we have had people in in Islam who've been radicalised and have done things that 
I've hurt human humanity in terms yes. of killing fellow uh, human beings. Mm. That has caused concern, angst, uh, uptake in lots of communities. Mm. We are now sadly feeling it the other way around. Yes. So mm. I think the, the, the point being this, we have to, as responsible communities come together, show that we are all, uh, inshallah, God-fearing people yes. who want to work for a better future for our children, uh, our coming upcoming children. That's all we can do in hope, and, yes. and more interaction, engagement, and and people owning opportunities their home, and 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 being Muslim, and they're not mutually exclusive. You can be both, and yes. and be proud of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the key thing to also to to remember is is uh, uh, I think perhaps David, you you like to maybe comment on this, uh, is that uh, these type of voices are we know they're there. Right, we know they're there, uh, but the voices which which basically come to the fore are the ones that that attract attention, the ones of hate. And I think that's getting that balance right. Uh, I think is is a challenge, to be honest, isn't it? And I think with the new social media age and and getting your thoughts out without thinking, age. Uh, I think we're, we're. I think that the society and community is at risk, to be honest, of of, of you know generating that atmosphere, the climate of, of of hate, without you know even thinking about the, the consequences. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think you're right in terms of there are people who make a lot of noise, are uh, very disrespectful, derogatory towards Islam, and, and have issues in terms of being far right, etc. But I think the trick is we as Muslims, and I talk as a Muslim. Mm. Uh, uh, person rather than a police officer right now, but we need to have a stronger voice sometimes, a stronger narrative in terms of coming out about Islam, coming out in support of other religions when they are attacked as well, mm. uh, and, and absolutely denouncing kind of this hatred that, that, that that's being perpetuated by. You know, if you look at the, the total numbers of people involved, they are smaller in comparison to the wider communities who are hugely respectful of the religions, hugely tolerant, um, are united in, in, in everything that people do and stand together. Mm. So I think we need good role models, people to come out, talk about these things on social media, maybe be a lot more savvy in terms of communication, I suppose, yeah. um, and, and um, you know, have a strong narrative that you know, does appeal to the masses in terms of you know, Islam mm. is a peace-living religion yeah. uh, and, um, and not seek to kind of in any way defend acts mm. that are both towards sort of non-Muslim and yet yeah, are there other factions with Islam, other factions of religions that yeah. seek to divide us? Yeah, and I, I think perhaps Jacinda Ardern, the PM of New Zealand, has probably set a template for that mm. uh, in, in terms of how how that kind of narrative could be challenged and, and you know, s- still get the headlines, I guess. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think as a, as a leader, she's been profound. You know, I'm really proud to say that when I listen to her as a powerful woman leader, who's not a Muslim, talked in such eloquent terms about our religion, Islam, but also in a positive way whereby she talks to authority. It makes you feel proud, um, be it your New Zealand or not. But so someone who's really taken on the mantle, I think she owns the gender. I think that's important. She talks with authority. People respect her, so therefore there's a great following for her. Um, and I dare say she would do the same for any religion where they were to be tanked in the horrific mm-hmm. way that Islam was. But I have to say, you know, these people are influential, they are leaders, mm-hmm. and people follow their, their lead. And I'm sure I think these leaders will be stronger for her presence. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and inshallah, I hope we have good people in the UK can do the same. Yes, I, I was going to make a, make a point on that one. Is is do we have that kind of leadership in the UK uh, who is prepared to step out of the, uh, I guess the the fear of of drawing uh, the ire 
uh, to actually come out and say those type of things openly. Uh, I'm not sure there are many that that many leaders mm. in in the UK. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's it, you know, it's probably a very complex sort of issue for government policies. But look, I think people, if they are driven by values and strong ethics in the UK as leaders, they should come out and say the right things that, that humanity can relate to. You know, I, I do follow the New Zealand that they've, as a leader, the Prime Minister has been very good, very strong, very clear. Mm-hmm. But inshallah, all we can do is make the law that someone does have that that strong affinity towards saying that what is wrong, calling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about siding with one religion, you know, that you're saying what it is, mm-hmm. but in a balanced way. Um, all we can do is pray, and I think coming back to role models, people from our community getting good jobs, being influential in years to come. Mm. That's all we can hope for. And I, I guess with your, your police hat on uh, and with the attacks on the mosques in Birmingham, I, I guess, I think you probably touched on it already, mm. it's important to I guess, reiterate that, um, you know, the mosques are seen in a particular light by a certain section of the community, the far right, etc., uh, there's a certain amount of education, I think, required, but also a certain amount of reassurance, I guess, uh, that's required from the police that they are they are actually taking seriously the, the threat uh, they should have been, and if if not, then after this incident, definitely should be going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I, I have a challenge to policing myself in terms of, um, as a chief police officer, that we, we have had for many years a really strong community policing ethos, um, some of that has ebbed away because of lots of constraints on policing resources and yeah. new types of threats and demand that we've had counter. But actually what we need to do, we need to be in communities in good times and bad times. Mm. If we just kind of parachute in when things aren't particularly good as a major crime or an incident, that's good, it's reassuring, but it's short-lived. We need to be there when things are really, really good for communities. We're, we're socialising, we're engaging, we're playing sports, we're engaging, we're doing whatever. Mm. Um, so that's one thing. Secondly, the community has to rely on this police, mm. and they need to make sure they report things. We can't be everywhere all the time, so we rely on people giving us information. And if people are concerned about someone they think is changing behaviour, be it it's, it's not within their own faith, they see somebody at work who's acting odd, or, or within the fold of Islam, you know, I, I think it's their duty to report this. Mm. And, and not report in the sense that they, they think that this person is a jihadist or conversely someone who has to be far right. They have a concern, they have a suspicion. It's our duty as responsible police officers to look into that, understand it, develop the information, strike intelligence, and, and keep our community safe. That's how we do it. We rely on the public give us that information and we're pleased by the consent of the public that's really important yeah I mean we're, we're, we have to go into a, a break very shortly Naveed in, uh, from Maghrib Azan in, in two minutes of course. but I just wanted to ask you a quick question before we do d- disappear I mean and, and that is this question of far-right extremism right so there's been a, a lot of spotlight on well maybe some spotlight I should say in terms of how prevalent is the far-right extremism I asked this question to John Boucher last week I had chief constable of Bedfordshire police with, re- with regards to and even the article cited Australia and New Zealand as an example that before the late last week's attacks, none of them thought that the, the you know that the security risk actually comes from far right extremism. In in fact, they both countries said it's Islamic terrorism, right? Uh, and it's in, well, it's not interesting, but the the fact now is that there's a, some spotlight, but is it a bit too late in terms of actually shedding it on the far right extremism and and how much that poses in terms of a threat as opposed to just you know dedicating all the resources towards the, the so-called Islamic terrorism. Is that gonna, are we going to see a, a shift in terms of the UK pol- uh, p- policing in, in that respect? 
I think you will, and factually there has been. You know, if you look at um, Islamic terrorism, uh, the police have absolutely committed resource into that, and for right reasons, and you, me, and all the listeners uh, would want to make sure that happens because they don't represent our faith of Islam. But conversely, there is, in the factual narrative, a growing right-wing element in the country worldwide. Um, and, and sadly, these are fanatics, they're gathering pace. We, the police, our partner agencies, our communities, we have to be really strong and have this really joint endeavour. We're in this together um, to make sure we counter that narrative. And, and actually, uh, you know, everyone I come across, generally speaking, they're appalled at what the right, the right wing believe in, right, right far right do. Yeah. But I do follow you, and you're right, it's a fair, it's a fair analogy. There is a growing uh, far right. Mm. It's still small comparison to perhaps other threats, but we yeah. have really strong share information and put out a really strong positive narrative of Islam to counter it. Yeah, just picking up on, on my earlier point regarding the safety and security of the Masjid, the, the mosques, uh, and I think you mentioned the fact that there are a reduce or, or reducing number of police officers, and I guess the the threats are increasing, and the police officer numbers are, are reducing. So, what what advice are you giving to the Masjid? That are you are you saying to the Masjid that they've got to perhaps yeah report fine, but if if the reporting element uh, proves to be insufficient, then are you report are you suggesting that the Masjid should should sort of you know perhaps uh, take security uh, or put it up the the high up the agenda perhaps. Yourself. Hello, yeah, no, I think what needs to happen is masjids need to make sure that their own security is good. Right. Uh, that, that's important. They've got to make sure they reflect on their own security. They have, I'd like to think, a duty of care to, to brothers and sisters who come to the masjids um, as well every day. Um, that's both in terms of the people who are coming in and, and you know, politely questioning people they may not recognize um, in terms of who they are. And people, I'm sure, in this current climate won't mind being questioned. But there is that physical element as well in terms of you know, technical security, CCTV, making sure you know, doors are locked when masjids is not in use. Um, they use other sort of security grills potentially if they can as well. So, so I think there's a whole kind of piece of, of making sure that people are engaging with people coming to the mosque and asking who they may be if they don't recognise each other. Right. Definitely going to technical issues as well. But uh, inshallah, I hope our masjids become more busy with with with, with people coming to pray right. uh, and people feeling stronger, but asking the right questions people don't recognise. So on, on that note, uh, Deputy Chief Constable Naveed Malik, thank you very much for joining us on Friday Night Live this evening on Inspire FM. It's fantastic to speak to you, uh, and uh, inshallah, we'll speak to you soon. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, sooner rather than later. All right, thank you very Shalaka. much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very much. Thank you okay, on that on that note, we we have to go into a break. Uh, first for the Maghrib Azan followed by the commercial break and we'll be back we've also got Sister uh, Rihanna Faisal Mashallah who's joined us again very kindly in the studio so when we come back we, we, we want to continue this conversation get some thoughts from Rihanna with regards to her her feelings and her, what she's followed over the last week in terms of the aftermath of, of the events and then I also want to go into some of this ideology that's been fueling the far right hate and, and, and discuss that a bit over the last half an hour inshallah because we, we, we weren't really able to discuss that last week much in, in detail but we'll be back in a, in a couple of minutes and until then assalamu alaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm
for you to get in touch with us uh, and get your thoughts and your questions to our panelists and to our guests inshallah first hour of the show we are covering the aftermath of the uh, of, of the last week's attacks on the mas- on the massages in New Zealand and we were discussing with Naveed Malik earlier in the first half an hour of the show also brother Zafar is sharing his uh, personal uh, reflections on uh, one week after the attacks and we have in the studio also now uh, sister Rihanna inshallah ta'ala who I'm also going to be speaking to but I want to hear from my listeners also and I want to hear from my listeners in terms of what they what they have felt with regards to the media coverage with regards to the way New Zealand has responded the world has responded and anything in particular that's really touched or caught your attention I, I really want to get your thoughts and I'm going to share some of my thoughts but before I do that let me ask sister Rihanna and introduce or welcome sister Rihanna to the show inshallah firstly so assalamualaikum sister Rihanna jazakallah for joining us once Malikum again in salam. the studio it was great to have you in, in the studio mashallah you, you add a, a, another level of vibrancy and, uh, and, and debate which is always fantastic <laughs> alhamdulillah alright so so good so, so same question to you sister Rihanna I, I, I said to you before during the commercial break it must have been a very busy week for, for yourself not only from engagements that you've got mashallah right but also in terms of following the events following you know what's been coming out of, of New Zealand and then you know things have begun uh, you know I've already began to spill over in the UK right so yeah. the Guardian article uh, okay 593% increase over the week meaning almost 100 incidents in 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 in, in Britain or, or in a week as a, as, as a you know af, you know as a you know aftermath of what's happened last week in New Zealand but let, let's get your thoughts let's get your you know uh, feelings uh, and I guess the incidents that they're talking about those are reported incidents there yeah. will be many 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 that go yeah. unreported and I think the um, I mean even by policing standards I think they only think one in four hate crimes are, are reported so mm. I mean that the real number will be colossal and actually um, I think it's also really important for us to consider that even if there are no hate crimes the impact of something so damaging but also the drip feeding of hate that we're getting through our media all the time that that as adults that we find it quite hard to, uh, to yeah. but for our young people that constant yeah, drip feeding yeah. of negative messages yeah. that target their identity target who they are mm. um, I, I don't think we have an understanding of the impact of that yeah. um, and that, that really worries me um, yeah. it's, you're right it's been a busy week mm. um, I think just like, like everybody else there, there's, a, there's a kind of personal challenge yes. about really you know <sighs> you know in in our own heads about just really this still feels very raw um mm. and i think from my point of view if i can be a bit indulgent for a minute this is something that i have been talking to our local kind of leadership politicians about for a really really long time and i think i said last week as well we are in shock but we were not shocked this happened yeah. this mm. is inevitable given the yeah. given the climate mm. and, and and we've had a, a complete kind of falling on death uh, on deaf ears on this yeah. and i and i guess there's a, a kind of a little self indulgent part of me that is just really really sad um that actually this was entirely avoidable yeah. um but it didn't happen so um, in terms of th- this week, um, there is um, I I sit on the Islamophobia working group right. um, for our massages. I'm one of two um, reps from the massage, but the police join us on that group, yep. and the council um, join us on that group um, in terms of thinking about how we respond to this. Um, 
over the next week or so we hope to be getting some really clear messaging out to people about what they can do if they Mm. find that they are a victim of a hate crime or a hate incident and we can talk more about that Um, some really clear messaging out there we're going to be doing consultation with our massages and look at ways that we can um, help improve security and help people feel safer Um, we are going to be exploring the idea and I'm not entirely comfortable with it if I'm honest but um, I don't think I can um, dismiss it out of hand but we are going to be exploring the idea of how we as a community mm. um, can step up in terms of the way that we police ourselves Already? Um, is, is that, that being discussed here? Well, look, it, it's being brought to us and as I say, mm. it, it, it's, it's not something that I'd say I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it for lots of reasons, but I think yeah. we need to explore it. Yeah. We know the Jewish yeah. community do this yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, I, but, you know, I don't know if it's right for us, but I think it's an avenue that we have to explore given yeah. the, the level of threat. Yeah. Um, and as I was just talking to Brother Zafra and others um, during the break and, and as I opened up, um, and kind of an appeal that I'm going to make actually whilst yeah. I'm on the radio is to hear from our young people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us, please, um, how you're feeling and what more you need from us. Mm. I, I'm acutely aware that there has been a gap in our work. Mm. Um, and, the, and the gap, um, whilst I don't make excuses for it, you know, we're a small group of, of I mean, we, we have a number of massages, but capacity is always very difficult. Yeah. Um, we have never relied on external funding because we don't want to be led by other people's agendas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's limited what we do, but we're acutely aware of the impact on our young people. And right. we want to hear more from you right. in terms of what you need. All right. I'm going I'm to come back to you later on about that uh, in terms of your message out to the young people. But let, let, let's, uh, let's also introduce uh, our guest, uh, Brother Jawad Khan, if, I, if, I, if I've got it correct, from the Birmingham Council of Mosques. So, of course, as, as I was saying earlier, with, with the aftermath of the events last Friday, you would expect a world united in terms of condemning what's happened and really solidarity with the Muslim community and, 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 and a clear message to you know th- those who are peddling the hatred. But of course, you've got the other side of it. And I want to also discuss that. I, I, I realize that I'm very limited on time, but I want to discuss that, which is also the, the fueling of the far right hate and hatred. And there's been some spotlight. There's been some articles you know, on, on that aspect too. Uh, and I want to discuss that. But of course, there's been some incidents in, in Birmingham. And we've got Brother Jawad Khan. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Jawad. And welcome to Friday Night Live on Inspire FM. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, and I'm joining I'm conversation late, so I'm only literally just picking up as to what you're discussing. Okay, so we are discussing, of course, the aftermath of the events last week in New Zealand. And already we're beginning to see there's been a number of articles with regards to the incidents, you know, Islamophobic incidents and some of the attacks on the massages that have been on the increase over the last week. And this is, in the, of course, in the, well, in the backdrop, we've had this huge surge of solidarity with the Muslim community globally. But, but tell us what, what, more about what's been happening in Birmingham and, and uh, these number of massages that have been attacked and, and what, what is the, the, what, what are the police and the authorities been saying? Alhamdulillah, of course, in the light of the global events, especially yeah. New Zealand, we, we've seen from just a humanitarian aspect, yeah. the reaction of the general consensus of people is they they warm towards the victims. Yeah. They understand that there are victims involved here and yeah. the families that are left behind and they, they pay their due respects. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in the same respect, we've had the same reaction from the general populace of Birmingham, as yeah. well as the local authorities. We work closely with the local authorities, yeah. as well as the Muslim community. Uh, uh, we have 40-plus prominent mosques uh, as our membership. And alhamdulillah, in Birmingham, there's 200 masajids plus. Right. Uh, we represent one in four people, approximately 25% of the population right. in Birmingham are Muslim. Right. Alhamdulillah. Well, alhamdulillah uh, just to refer to your question, the reaction of those that are non-Muslim. Uh, yeah. I was at Witten Islamic Centre right. when one of the local residents, a doctor, Yes. He came into the centre with a friend, and he said, "I'm here after hearing the, the, the night of the incident, literally yeah. that morning." He said, "I'm here to offer my my sympathy, and if I can help in repairing the windows or doing anything, put me to task." Right, right. And that's the general reaction we've seen from yeah. the, the from the the, the the residents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah f f fantastic. All right. So we've also got an, an, another guest on, on on the line, and I'm going to go to uh, Brother Shahid, but in, in a short while. But I mean. Uh, Brother Jawad, so you, you mentioned you know you, you represent a number of masajids. I mean, I'm sure there's been yes. communication with, with with the authorities, with the politicians that yes. have probably been in, in in touch with. Have we been able to communicate a very clear message to these politicians that yes, there is far right hate and hatred, and we're seeing that, but that doesn't exist in isolation. In fact, that is being fueled by not only the media but 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 but, but, but people like yourselves, which are the politicians that are actually spearheading a lot of that, and it's the far right that are then actually breeding on, on the on the back end of that, and that the politicians need to stop doing that. Have you been able to actually communicate that message to these? politicians or, or with regards to that I think today in we had the meeting in Birmingham Central Mosque mm. and from the politician side we had uh, we had representation from the politicians as well as we had the chief constable right. uh, presence we had the deputy chief constable we had the uh, uh, the Jumma congregation. Yeah. They addressed the recent incidents with the Masajids, as well as referred to New Zealand the yeah. the, the atrocity that yeah. occurred over there, terror yeah. And uh, you know, from the aspect of Muslims living here in in Birmingham, yeah. we see this and we're conscious of this. Yeah. And we we try to address it. We need to address it in a correct manner where we're not few, putting more fuel on the fire because yeah. there are elements within ourselves as well, within our yeah. own community yeah. that are quick to jump on that bandwagon and say, you know, that they're more reactive rather yeah. than thinking of how do we channel this correctly through the correct channels yeah. and make our objections aware. Yeah. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, I just caught the end conversation of the sister I was speaking earlier on. Yeah. And yes, Alhamdulillah, she has a lot of positive things to say, and I agree with her totally. Mm. There, there are certain messages that really we, we could do without. Yeah. You know, it, it isn't helpful when we hear the certain descriptives that are used in media mm. that also give license a subconscious narration i've mentioned this in a, in a previous interview as well where we don't want to encourage a subconscious narration mm. in the minority of people in this society whereby they think now they've been given license to react yeah so uh, alhamdulillah we have to address these issues these are yeah. issues that are are very concerning for us as muslims yeah and not just muslims there are a lot of non-muslims out there that also agree with us yeah so it, yeah. We have to form, formulate a strategy mm. whereby we can 
do this in a correct manner with sensible you know uh, instead of putting the 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 more fiery elements of our community forward and saying you know address it yeah Uh, sister rihanna i want to bring you into right in a correct in a sensitive manner i I agree it has to be correct it has to be engaging but also we we have to be critical and we have to be honest right and 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 just because of a a certain prevalent atmosphere it doesn't mean that we can't be critical we can't be open and i tell you i've read a lot of commentary and a lot of people are discussing the 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 attacks last week in the context of the war on terror and what's been happening around you know over the last 17 years 18 years to the muslim countries the muslim people and it's almost be, 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 it's almost the politicians and the governments are given a blank check to 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 these anti you know to these far right organizations to breed on the back end of that and that's led to these hostilities and, and that's why a lot of the politicians i mean let me let me quote you here british security minister has said it is perfectly possible a far right attack could happen in the uk and that's not in isolation is it so we have to call that out it so might be uncomfortable sometimes but we have to call that out so um Brother Javad, um, I think I, th- no, I think I might disappoint him shortly by being one of those fiery elements, <laughs> but I, but but I think so- sometimes, um, as uh, the brother said, is that um, we have to be really direct about these things and. You know, and I spoke. You may you may not have missed it, but this has been something that has been brewing for a very very long time. We had mm-hmm. a vigil here in uh, Luton on Monday, and I think. Um, I think I spoke very directly to that at, at what what the factors were that brought us here today. Yeah. Um, in a letter that's been described as extraordinary, Neil Basu, who is the force lead on counterterrorism, essentially wrote to our newspaper editors and said, you've done this. You've brought us here. Mm. These people are not being radicalised, you know, yeah. by some, you know, dark place on the internet. Yeah. They only have to open our, our newspapers in mm. order to be radicalised. Mm. So, and, and actually, we, we, we're getting a lot of, after this, kind of um, direct comparisons being made and uh, excuses being made, pointing at sort of extremism from elements within the Muslim community. Yeah. And I don't think it's a direct comparison. I don't mm. think you can talk about the two in the same mm. way. Mm. Because as we know, all of us and I think the, the brothers on the telephone is that whilst there are people who vote, who hold views that we think are abhorrent those people are sitting on the fringes of our community often outside of our community yeah. and operate out there the narrative that we can draw a straight line between that narrative and these murders is mainstream it's normalized it's mm. uh, it's legislated <coughs> through our laws and it's propagated by our media right. and actually we we have a really strong responsibility and when i said earlier about the impact on young people what what the young people who I have spoken to are saying to me is you are not doing enough to call this out. Okay, that, that, that's a good point. I'm going to stop you there, Sister Rihanna, because I've got another guest right on on the phone, uh, Brother Shahid, but, uh, and I'm going to be going to him because he actually deals with the, with the youth. But before that, just what, what we have been discussing, former BBC Newsnight producer says coverage of Christchurch massacre was absolutely shocking and insensitive goes back to to emphasize the point and and you know i was going to discuss with brother zafar earlier with regards to the media coverage of the last week absolutely shocking i mean daily mirrors you know splash headline you know angelic boy 
And I, Absolutely and I, disgusting. I mean, I remember in 2016, I don't know if you remember, Jihadi John incident with yeah. Cage, when they described that, you know, that Jihadi John. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how they described him. A beautiful, beautiful they, they, young they man. They said a beautiful whatever. And these, and these, you know, the mainstream you know, media were, were on it like a, you know, a, you know, a pack of wolves. And they were attacking Asim and they were attacking Cage. How dare you call this guy such and such? How can you get away with calling this guy angelic? And, and actually, just a week or two ago, when we had a baby die in Syria and the language being used about yeah. that baby yeah. one newspaper yeah. headline cro- or, or jihadi baby yeah. so so there is a, a really legitimate point that mm. needs to be brought home mm. um, around the responsibility of um, media and we don't have a responsibility of, right. of the media and that's that's not something new um, mm. the Leveson inquiry is, is known well because of kind of phone tapping and all of those things but this yeah. was evidence was given to the Leveson inquiry and we know that large amounts of um, the the press in the UK not only exaggerate stories about Muslims but often make them up yeah. right. and they need to be held to account. All right, so let, let me go straight into uh, our next guest, who uh, Brother Jawad, if, if you can just hold on just for a, for a, for a couple of minutes. Yeah, We've got fun. Shahid Bud, who's the director of organisation of community development, deals a, a lot with with, uh, with youth. I guess so first, Islamicum brother uh, Shahid, and welcome to Friday Night Live, uh, Sister Rihanna. You've probably heard her comments. You've been very patiently waiting for the last couple of minutes to. To, to contribute and get jo- and join this discussion, so she's been calling out a lot in terms of the young people and the young people calling out the people, you know, the, the elderly, not elderly, but but the people who are the leaders in in the community to, to really be calling out some of these things. Well, well, what's your interaction uh, like w- w- with the young people, and what, what's the message that you're getting from the young people, uh, brother uh, Shahid? Yeah, very uh, very interesting conversation, and. Um, well, look, I mean, as far as, the, you know, uh, with what's going on and what the youth are saying, um, it's, it's quite similar to what was, has been said before. I do a lot of work with the youth. I've been working with young people around anti-criminality, drugs, uh, youth violence, extremism for decades. And um, so I have my ear to the ground. Um, and that sentiment is there. You know, they feel that this has not happened in isolation. There's a lot of angry people out there. But... The thing is, when we're talking about Islamophobia, like has been said on many, many occasions, it didn't just happen in a vacuum. This is something that has been going on for a long time. I was asked about how I felt about this tragedy and what happened. I said, yes, obviously I'm upset, but I'm not surprised. Yes. What did, what, what did you expect? Yeah. You know, when, when, when the media, when, the, when we have mainstream politicians, when we have leaders of countries referring to Muslims as letterboxes and bank robbers, yeah. talking about that... I believe that Islam hates us. Yeah. When you have the leader of the free of, of a country saying that, yeah. what do you expect? Yeah. They've been emboldened. They've been they've been given the the, the, the oxygen to be yeah. able to go that we can do this, and yeah. we'll have the people behind us. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happened. Right. Now, what is what is our response? Yeah. Well, obviously, we're not barbarians. We're not uncivilized people. Mm. But at the same time, you know, we don't turn the other cheek either. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're a, Islam is a religion of peace yeah. and, 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 and also a religion of, of justice. Yes. And at the end of the day, we're not going to allow these people to terrorize us. Yes. You know, we are going to speak out and yeah. we are going to stand up for ourselves. Yeah. And we're not going to allow yeah. these washed out, yeah. you know, sort of... Uh, Awkward thinking, you know, people who have this sort of colonial mentality yeah. that we have to be all kumbaya and lovey-dovey and all that. Yeah. No, 
Right, we're not right. talking about violence. We're talking about standing up for ourselves so and yeah. making ourselves heard. What yeah. is wrong with that? Yeah, I, I, Brother Zafar, I mean, I think the Brother Shahid makes a, a good point in terms of standing up for the community, standing up for our, for our rights, standing up as an equal citizen in this society, as opposed to being a, a third column or a fifth column or whatever the number that we, we you know, we, has been assigned to, to, our, to our community. What, what, your, your thoughts? Uh, absolutely right. And, uh, and I think, to be honest, um, one other thing that that's been a, a, a continuous theme, and mm-hmm. I, I trace it back all the way back to the the late '80s and and the Rushdie affair. There yeah. has been a, a a consistent, concerted effort to demonise Islam and Muslims from then on, right? And this has been going on. And I think if you if you if you were a researcher and if you go to the Luton Library and look at the newspaper cuttings of local newspaper headlines, you will yeah. see you will see that this campaign is, is being consistent and persistent. Right. And what you're seeing now is the end results of, the, of that. Right. You've seen people who have been turned, you know, in their opinions, uh, as you know, their opinions have, have been turned in a particular way. Right. Even the BBC have, have indulged in that. Mm. You know, I, mm. I remember John Gaunt's program. I don't know whether, uh, uh, Sister Rihanna, you remember that. Uh, I, I disti- probably, too uh, probably too young, yeah. <laughs> I, disti- I, distinctly, I distinctly remember in one of his programs, and I can't, this doesn't, you know, leave my mind, this is about the 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 uh, war in war in Iraq, and somebody yeah. called in and basically said that that they use they ought to use low yield nuclear weapons on that region, right? And that will mm. sort them out. Mm. And he wasn't yeah. challenged this guy. Yeah. John yeah. Gaunt did not challenge this yeah. guy. Yeah. Right? I remember that. This is going back about twenty years or so. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the level of of debate and discussion that that yeah. it got to. But, but, to yeah. the but point I think what we also have to recognise is how Islamophobia sits in the general context yeah. around uh, and and how it ties in with racism. Um, more broadly because I think with the way the discourse has developed around racism, we're, we're, you know, obviously we're, we're, we haven't improved much, mm. but Islamophobia has become the acceptable face of racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people who don't feel comfortable in expressing their racism in the way that they might have done before yeah. are very comfortable expressing it, ab- it in, ter- in terms th- th- of, of Muslims. <laughs> and just because I, I know yeah. we're going to finish this bit yeah. and that's going to flash red in a yeah, minute. Exactly. But yeah. I think it's really important to, to yeah. acknowledge the impact on women yeah. here as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, we will Muslim do it. Women. We will do, but I want to go back to Brother Jawad, who's been uh, patiently wa- waiting. Uh, Brother Brother Jawad, just a last question for you, because we are we're going to be going into commercial break in a couple of, couple of minutes. So very mm-hmm. briefly, uh, what was the what was the feeling from the congregation on on Friday Juma to today, and and what's been the response from the from the community? Alhamdulillah, it's split. Right. We have uh, we have the the positive attitude. Yeah. That moving forward, we have support. Yes. And unity within the community. Yeah. Yet again, we still face you know the situation where four weeks from now, eight yeah. weeks from now, yeah. things will fizzle down. Yes, and then we'll be just today in in one of the reports I read and ju- just uh, agreeing with the sister earlier on, and a certain extent with Chai Butt, I know him very well. Alhamdulillah. Okay, that you know, Islamist, Islamist. Yes. You know, uh, the word of this used in a report saying that some people had been arrested in Germany planning some terrorist attack. Now, uh, the usage of these words and the general understanding is that they're planting seeds in people's minds. Yes. So anything related to that particular word then becomes a negative image, even for yes. small children or even uh, educated people. Yes. Because why that the the suppositions there that the seed has been planted. Yes. So there's a responsibility and an onus on these people to be responsible. Yes. But then how far can you push that within a society where we say freedom of speech? Yes. We need to address these issues and make legislation whereby they are accountable for this. Yes.
Okay, uh, brother. And this can only be done through the correct channels. Okay, uh, Jazakallah, brother Jawad Khan uh, from uh, the council, Barakallah. Birmingham Council Mosque. Jazakallah for joining us this evening. Unfortunately, we have now run out of time. Jazakallah, uh, uh, stars. Okay, uh, we've got we still got brother Shahid, uh, but Shahid, brother, if if you can hold on for a couple of more minutes, it'll be great because I want to continue this conversation into 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 the next hour when we come back from a commercial break. Is, is that okay, Achi, or do you want us yeah, to call no, us back? Because, or shall we call you back I in five minutes? Yeah, I've got a lot to say about this. Oh, fantastic. Then, then yeah. we'll, inshallah, we'll, we'll let you hold this on is to... My, this is my bread and butter. This oh, is what I do day in, day out. So it's going to be good because I want to I wanna, uh, hold on to Sister Rihanna in, in the studio too. Hopefully she's going to be kind enough to continue in, into the next hour. Brother Zafar Zahir also, inshallah. Because this challenge that we've got is not going to go away tomorrow. Right, it's here for a while, so we need to discuss and we need to, you know, I think I think give it a bit more time in terms of how do we address it. What are some of the practical things that we can do? Uh, we, we can yeah, do. We'll I think about solutions. let's talk about solutions in terms of what the community yeah. ca ca can do and needs to do. Right, uh, we know that it's an ideological kind of a battle and struggle that's going on. We need to address that those elements too, inshallah. So I I, I want to kind of pull those uh, threads and pieces of thoughts together, inshallah, and try to give our community some direction. All right, so we're gonna going to a commercial break now in, in a couple of seconds inshallah so just a reminder to our listeners i don't know where my listeners are today because i haven't had any any phone calls uh, or any sms or, your, or any whatsapp messages and i know this is a very interesting topic i'm sure everyone's been following it because of the amount of social media messages that are going around with regards to the the aftermath of the attacks is incredible so i'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts share your thoughts share your questions share what's in your mind with our panelists with our listeners it's always good to do that inshallah ta'ala O one five eight two four eight one eight double two zero triple zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double eight double two. You are with me, uh, Haf Shaban, in the studio. I'm Brother Zafar, and uh, inshallah, we're going to be back in a, in a couple of uh, minutes. Uh, when we do come back, we're going to be continuing that conversation, and then, of course, we're going to be going into our next subject matter, which is the Ottoman uh, Khilafah uh, as part of the Muslim History Month. Don't go away until uh, until uh, until we come back after the commercial break. Assalamualaikum. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban and Brother Zafar here in the studio. Uh, 0158248182077948182 Earlier on I was asking, I was reaching out to our listenership to get in touch and get your thoughts across to our panelists and our listeners also with regards to what we have been discussing for the last hour which is the, the aftermath of the New Zealand massacre in those massages in Christchurch right so we've been discussing that with a number of guests we've had sister Rihanna Faisal who's unfortunately had to had to leave us uh, for other commitments and engagements that she's had but Jazakallah her sister Rihanna for coming into the studio uh, we've had uh, Deputy Chief Constable Naveed Malik given his uh, perspective from a policing operational perspective but also as a Muslim he was speaking with regards to his interaction and in his engagement with the community some practical steps uh, and advice to the community in terms of how we can secure and safeguard our community and our massages and of course we've had brother Zafar here in the studio and his uh, uh, and his thoughts and reflections and expertise on this subject matter and we also got very kindly 
Shahid, but who's uh, who's volunteered to to hold on very patiently during that commercial break, uh, and he's been sharing his uh, his views, his experiences, and his engagement with the, with the youth community out in in, in Birmingham, uh, and on on, the, on this particular topic. So as Brother Shahid has been patiently waiting for the last couple of minutes, I'm going to go back to Brother Shahid, but immediately, Assalamualaikum, Brother Shahid, and Wazakallah uh, and for your patience. Right. So earlier on, we were discussing uh, this topic. Uh, we were calling out the fact that you, of course engage with a lot of those young people and, and there is frustration in those young people we're talking about a community cohesiveness right of a community being together uh, working together we have we, you know we need to be a responsible community we need to be an active community uh, we need to be uh, you know out you know out engage in outreach programs doing dawah to a non-muslim community and, and you know brother uh, you know Naveed Malik the deputy chief constable was Echoing that point, I think that's all valid, and we need to do that, and we need, well, we need to do more of that, right? But nevertheless, I can I, I can understand, you know, especially our youngsters and our youth community, when they see all of this happening, there could be a lot of frustration being built up there, and it's very important that we actually engage with them and direct them in, in the uh, in, in the right way. T- tell us about some of some of the uh, the activity, you know, grassroots activity that you're involved in, Shahid, and uh, and how you're actually directing some of this, uh, uh, you know, passion and, and this kind of frustration that you might be experiencing with the, with the youth community out in Birmingham, uh, Shahid? Yeah, alhamdulillah. I mean, you know, I, I, I in my role, I, I work uh, up and down the country. I also work internationally as well. I deliver workshops, presentations, seminars. I deliver trainings around anti-youth violence, drugs, criminality, yeah. uh, and extremism. Um, having come from that kind of background myself as a young as a young lad growing up uh, yeah. in the 80s, uh, and I'm also a political product of uh, Salman Rushdie affair in 1989, yeah. as the brother mentioned before. Uh, if you, if, I don't know if you recall, there was a documentary about two weeks ago on BBC Two, right. Satanic Versus 30 Years On. I was actually in that documentary as well. Okay, so, well, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the shy one that was in that documentary. Um, but look, I, I like to be someone. I, I, I like to be someone who talks about solutions. I want to yeah. be. I want us to look forward. But at the same time. You know, it's easy, it's, look, it's easy to point the fingers at the government, at the police, at this person, that person. Yeah. But the main thing that needs to be pointed is back at ourselves. Right. What we don't have in our communities, in the Muslim community, and this right. is the frustration that a lot, a lot of the younger generation have, is there's no credible leadership. Right. Yep. They don't see anybody representing them. So this is where the first change has to come. But, but that's, in our that's, not, that's not a new issue, is it? That's been an issue that's for a while, for a decades. long time, right? It is, so it is, I, I don't think we're going to resolve that overnight too. No, but the thing is that it's about, it's about digging down into the root causes of this. If we're talking about Islamophobia, let's dig down into the root causes. If we're talking about apathy within our community to allow this to happen, why is that happening? Why, why are we allowing this to happen? This, it's about not just looking at the surface, but we have to go deep down. Yes, yeah. we have to come up with some instant solutions about what we're going to do right now. But we have to be people of deep thinking. Muslims used to be the people, you yeah. know, that used to think deeply about things. We don't right. do that anymore. Yeah. We just want a microwave solution to everything. Right. Unfortunately, microwave there isn't a solution. microwave solution. I, 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 to this. I like that. You know, you know, uh, Brother Zafari. I, I, let, let me bring in. You know, when Shahid says leadership, right? You know, you know, I, I don't think it's the fact that I need a, a one character that's going to be the leader of the community. I think what, what maybe Shahid is referring to is actually people in our community who have got the bottom to actually stand up and talk about the real stick, issues, yeah. stick, 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 yeah. Yeah. Stick and, and address the parapet, yeah. exactly. And, and you know what, Shahid is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, relate to Shahid is that you know a lot of our leaders are, you know, are, are afraid to actually call out the politicians, account the politicians, right, and, and call out what what needs to be called out, right, because of all of this fear of being labelled an extremist. 
possibly, you know, what are because they afraid of, of? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But you know, when, when all Freedom of this, of speech. well, well let, let, let me let me ask Brother Zafar. I mean, well, what's your thoughts on that, Brother Zafar? Uh, I, I think I think you know th this topic is an old one, and I've discussed mm. this many many times over. I'm not sure I've got any new solutions to that. Uh, I think it's all, it's all. I think it's about community development. It's about mm. sort of giving people the confidence. And I think in, in terms of the the founding principles of Inspire FM, that's one of the things that that we set a challenge out to mm. say. Well, we want to try and encourage people to sort of come out and and you know express themselves and you've seen you know you get a varying level of, of debate here yeah. and, it, and, and you, you can sense that within the community that they yeah. are they're not willing to sort of step up and and you know yeah. uh, stick their head out basically yeah, right yeah. and i think that's a continuing process that's a yeah. process of engagement and yeah. encouragement and i think right. it will come yeah. you are seeing very very you know a, a lot of a lot of young talented people coming through the ranks mm. it's i think in some respects from what we're talking about uh, today uh, it's probably a, 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 something that, that will take a while yeah, to actually yeah. sort of resolve. Key thing, I think, for now mm. uh, is there is now we're here. We're calling out terrorism, right, from mm. from from, from uh, the far right. Mm. Uh, but sometimes, perhaps, we ought to try and stop, pause for a minute, and say, mm. what what is their what is their call out? What yeah. is their calling? Yeah. What what is what is it that's fueling their suspicion, right? Mm. Uh, and part of that is, is about some of the things that's been said about this guy that mm. that you know there is uh there is increased immigration and, and there's a decline in, mm. in the, mm. the the birth rate of, of the, the the local people etc yes. and they seeing the decline in the local population right. Right. Uh, but the the fix to that isn't with the muslim community the fix to that is is fixing the society within which they live there is a breakdown in a breakdown in in uh, in marriage. There's breakdown in family. Yeah. Right. The 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 structures which which held the glue for society is yeah. beginning to sort of break down a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where the solution lies. So it's opportunity not, of of yeah, 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 it's really, not, well, yeah. it's not. It's and it's not about blaming the Muslims or blaming the immigrants yes. at the end of the day because yeah. all they're doing is yeah. is basically yeah. looking to better their lives. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. And if you, you know, and all those right. are the type of things that the messages that I need to send out. The fact that. The, the the solution lies within the self not the uh, the blame of the others all right but brother shad before i bring you in okay i i have got a question for you so i'm i'm from from one of our listeners okay so salam's uh question for friday night live show uh brother shahid on the phone could you elaborate on equal citizen and the practical examples of standing up for oneself in terms of the in terms of in the workforce etc uh, in the workforce. In the workforce, but uh, let's take the, the wider question, which is uh, an, an equal citizens and practical examples of standing up for oneself. Pr practical examples of standing up for oneself. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, as, as for examples, I mean, as, as has been alluded to before, we do have examples in our community of people that do stand up. Uh, I mean, I, w I, I was reading that... Um, uh, with this whole instance of been going on, there have been some people, you know, even within, you know, like councillors and some politicians and some local activists that have stood up. And, you know, quite frankly, there have been women who have stood up, yeah. you know, uh, who, who have spoken out against this, whether it's in America, whether it's mm. in the UK, about, you know, calling out this bigotry and calling out this Islamophobia. Right. Um, which is which is a little bit concerning for us men who have a very macho attitude towards things. But it seems that when it comes to talking about these issues, we seem to sort of uh, all our machoism seems to go out out of the window. Right. Uh, maybe we can learn something from the sisters. Yeah. But we do have examples in our community, and yeah. I do agree with what the brother was saying. Yeah. And what we also have to understand is that we need to also, you know, uh, uh, educate, and we need to also enlighten our yeah. younger generation. Yeah. We need to give them the tools. We've yeah. got to build the emotional intelligence. We've got to yeah. develop their critical thinking, their resilience. 
Right. And that means that we have to engage with them, we have to invest in them. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just last point, Shai, because we need to move on to the next topic and we've got our yeah. guest for the next topic already on, on, on the phone. So he's probably listening in to us at, at the moment. Critical thing, and I, I think that, that that point I'm going to touch upon, right, that you, you you are engaging with those young people whilst the narrative is out there, as, as Brother you know, uh, Zafarbai was saying earlier, the narrative is out there, which points fingers towards this community or that community or the migrants or, or whatever. I think it is that critic, uh, critical thinking that you want to build in that younger generation to show that it's not the migrants, it's not the the Muslim community that creating this problem, but rather this narrative is actually being propagated uh, to actually uh, uh, you know, uh, redirect the attention of the masses from the failures of, of, of the secular or the capitalist system, to be honest yep. with you, right? And, and, and in fact, the, the, your belief and your you know, ideology in Islam actually has a solution for the social problems, for the economic problems, for the, the problems that the, the, the way they can't you know, solve racism. And, and in fact, it means that you need to actually go and propagate your, your message of Islam as young if you're feeling frustrated as opposed to you know you know becoming in in inward looking right so i think that right. element of yep. the critical thinking is essential that we develop that in in our youngsters give them the yep. correct perspective in terms of the narratives that are out there and show them why those narratives are being pushed and how we need to actually you know charter out an alternative narrative which is about propagating yep. the message of islam we do and and also what we also have to understand as well is that you know because you know I'm not I'm not always you know liked by a lot of people because I am very vociferous and I am very vocal in what I say right. and because I'm not I'm not well, beholden you're like, to anybody. You're liked here by Inspire FM, Rahim, and on Friday yeah, because I'm not beholden to anybody. I don't care. You know what I mean? You right. know they don't put food on my table. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala provides for me. Mashallah, so mashallah, I'm not mashallah. I'm not worried about funding. I'm not worried about you know my position being lost or whatever. But the point is, when I work with young people, what I try to do is I try yeah. to you know to 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 sort of put them in, put into their minds, you know, inculcating to them that you are ambassadors for Islam. We have to be the best of people. Don't don't aspire. We have a, what we call poverty of aspirations, yeah. where people aspire too low. Become the CEO of Google. Make your own Google. Be, be expire. You know, go Fantastic. for the high. Go for the lofty thing. Right. You are. You have a lot of potential. Don't don't send yourself short. Pull right. your pants up. Don't be a race man. <laughs> don't be a road man. That's right. not the way to go forward. Right. Yeah? We are Muslims. We have a lot going for us. And right. inshallah, you know, we are a resilient community. Inshallah, Fantastic. we will. We, you know, the future is bright. A fantastic brother Shahid it's been a fantastic it's been an honor speaking to you Jazakallah for your time this evening on yeah. Friday Night Live Jazakallah brother thank you for having uh, me brother Shahid okay Jazakallah okay that was uh, brother Shahid mashallah very very uh, vocal very articulate mashallah very passionate also at the same time and you know he's a uh, it's a fantastic way of actually going into the next subject matter because he's given a vision and he's given a you know a positive note to uh, to our listeners we are on the on the back end of, of a very negative event that happened last week but i think the key message from there has been you know be positive uh, we have a lot to offer the community we have a lot to offer in terms of islam you know you know the, you know that you know the, these western you know not western but you know the, the the current day solutions that have failed the people and therefore you know that you know the the muslim community or the muslim belief is is being pointed towards incorrectly as almost a scapegoat and we need to we need to you know call that out very very clearly and, and we, we are going to on to our next subject matter right and our next subject matter actually very interestingly right it's
heart of the the Muslim history month and you know mashallah inspires been running this campaign for the last couple of weeks it's about educating our listeners it's about educating our community with regards to the Islamic history right and some of the aspects of the Islamic history and it's fantastic to actually be acquainted with our, our history and our glorious Islamic history in terms of the past right uh, so that we are aware of what's our what's our legacy right so this week we are discussing uh, the Uthmani Khilafah the Ottoman Empire right uh, well I don't like to use the word empire I know it's, it's, it's actually used almost interchangeably but it's not an, an empire in the, in the traditional sense or in the literal sense because of course you've got the British Empire and that has very specific connotations of going around colonizing usurping the resources of your colonized and, and of your new subjects and bringing it back to the capital state right so I don't think the Uthmani Caliphate was quite an empire in, in, in that context but uh, let me introduce to you our uh, next guest who is uh, brother Riza Unal I hope I've got the name correct right who's an historical yeah. researcher uh, brother brother Riza assalamu alaikum Walaikum salam. Thank you very much. Yes, you've got my na- name perfectly correct. Thank really? You. Did I? Okay, fant- fantastic. Okay, so well, welcome uh, to uh, our program, Friday Night Live, uh, and, and our radio Thank station, Inspire FM. Great to have you, uh, brother. So, uh, you Thank know, you. I, w- I was just giving a, a quick introduction in terms of our theme that, you know, the Inspire radio station has been running for the last couple of weeks. We've been looking at the, the Muslim History Month, right? Uh, and, and this yeah. particular week, we were focusing on the Usmani Caliphate. Now, the Usmani Caliphate has uh, has come into the spotlight and has come into the you know spotlight of a lot of our community, not because of uh, people genuinely interested in in Islamic history. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily you know you know put the you know the Uthmani Khilafah in in the, in the spotlight, but it's actually come into the, in the spotlight because of this fantastic drama series that's been going on <laughs> or drama and series uh, series that's been yeah. going on, and it's really <laughs> caught the imagination of a, a huge populace, right? A huge following and of course i'm talking about the article series right exactly yeah right so, exactly. so so why don't you give us a quick introduction in terms of what's been happening because it's not only the the audiences in turkey that has been capturing but you know i've got some figures over here that i want to share with some of our listeners it's it's worldwide and and, and in fact it's been a sure, phenomenal yeah. right it's been a phenomenal let me just give you some stats i'm sure you'll share them but nearly 150 sure, yeah. turkish television series have been sold to over 100 countries in the middle east eastern europe south america south asia Annual exports, right, from Turkey are thought to have surpassed 300 million last year, right, and it and it's exactly. taken and it's taken a craze across the Middle East, right, across Europe, exactly. uh, across Asia, and I've seen Urdu editions. Have you seen the Urdu, Urdu editions, right, uh, uh, of, of the same series? So, so t- tell us about this phenomenal, uh, uh, brother Riza. I, I think the reason behind this is we, as Muslims all over the world, have been starved of, you know. Uh, of, um, historical knowledge, uh, historical yes. teachings at yeah. a deep level. Uh, it's usually been quite superficial and, you know, looking at um, high-level aspects, superficial, superficial aspects such as, you know, we've won many wars, etc., big empires, etc., yeah. lots of great scientists, but we haven't really gone into the details of our history. So this is really feeding a void. I mean, to be honest, these programs are great entertainment. They give us some yeah. historical understanding um, context etc but at the end of the day they are entertainment and they are shrouded in some you know uh, some uh, facts legends, uh, some facts but, I mean, <laughs> as opposed to some legends yeah problem. the problem is they uh, i'm sorry the good thing is yeah. they are now you know uh, sort of like in uh, sort of like encouraging us to know about our history not just yes history, hmm. but general history and the real details how we 
came to dominate vast areas, you know, of the globe. Yes. You know, during our glory days, and it wasn't just through winning massive wars and you know, yes. um, uh, you know, having great uh, warriors, etc. So mm. it's something that Osmanis. Mm. I mean, it's interesting how they came about and why they were so initially so successful, given that yeah. um, when when they first appeared on the scene late 13th century in Anatolia, yes. they were just a very tiny principality yes. living in tents. I mean, there's a, a well-known Turkish um, uh, uh, poet, our national poet, Mehmet Atif, and I would encourage all Muslims to learn about Mehmet Atif, as well as people like Muhammad Iqbal. In mm. one of his poems, he says, like, you know, the Osmanian state was founded by a group of nomads living in tents who, you know, were uh, uh, based on the fear of Allah and, and, and passion yes. for spreading the word of Allah. Fantastic. You know, uh, uh, you know um, mm. spread the whole wor- uh, the word across the uh, whole, you know, world. Mm. I mean, mm. obviously, he said it in much better terms in his uh, uh, poetry. Yes. Okay. So if we look at 13th century Anatolia, it was, it, it was a remnant of the great Seljuk Empire, which collapsed mainly after the Mongol invasions and turned into small principalities right. around Anatolia, northern Iraq, uh, Persia, yeah. etc. The Muslim world then was really at a low ebb after the Mongol invasions, yes. and psychologically, and the Crusaders yeah. uh, taking over large parts of the Holy Land, etc. Yes. Even though at that stage, Muslims had recovered most of the Holy Land, thanks to people like Nuruddin Zengi, yes. who was a ruler uh, in what is now um, Aleppo, and yes. of course, Saladin AUB. I mean, these are two persons are the uh, are principal characters who revived the spirit of jihad after Muslims have become very complacent yes. after the Mongol invasions in terms of uh, collaborating with crusader states. Uh, there was a danger that Muslims were you know, going to lose most of the Holy Lands. But thanks to people like Nuruddin Zenji, Salahuddin Ayyubi, who revived the spirit of jihad, Muslims recovered most of the Holy Land. Yeah. But at the end of the 13th century, Anatolia, after the Seljuk Empire and the Seljuk state in Anatolia collapsed, was divided into what what we call beyliks or principalities. Yeah, and yeah. Some of them had, were uh, uh, quite large, powerful uh, uh, heirs to the Seljuk uh, uh, civilization, yeah. quite settled. The Ottomans. Uh, now, the origins of the Ottomans are quite, you know, uh, sort of shrouded in mystery. We don't have uh, detailed records, sources of where they came from. But by and large, it's understood that they were a group of nomads escaping the Mongols from uh, Iran, that area. Mm. Migrated westwards and settled uh, to uh, modern day, close to modern day Bursa, which was on the border with the then Byzantine Empire, and they founded a very small principality. Mm. At that moment, if you were to think about, think which of these principalities would become a world power, you don't, you wouldn't have said Ottomans. There were bigger ones like uh, Karamans in Konya, Yarmian in Central Anatolia. Biden in what what is now isn't it that area? Yeah, just, just brother, if I if I can just also just add to that, right? Whilst you're giving us this fantastic yeah. overview and, and, and summary, I mean that, yeah. that 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 in itself, you know, your opening co- comments is fantastic. I mean that is the kind yeah. of vision that that actually sure, yeah. series actually provides for for, for people. That yeah. I mean, as as you're saying, you know, your, the 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 point, Mehmed, that this Osmani Caliphate was established, yeah. you know, on on the back end of what these these you know a, f- a few tribes or or this small tribe, okay, or people yeah. living in these tents. I mean, it shows you what is achievable yeah. when you have a vision. Exactly. Well, I, I think going exactly. back to the original comment made by, by, by Riza is 
uh, is the history that, that we know so far yeah. uh, has been sort of filtered and, and presented mm. by people who, who conquered effectively the, uh, mm. the, the Islamic sort of uh, Khalifa. Yeah. Uh, and I think this leads you me mean to the question. I, I, you I mean no, yeah, well, I remember yeah. learning in, in history about mm. the Ottoman Empire. Mm. I had no idea mm. the Ottomans were actually Muslims. They're, they're, they're compl- that it aspect was filtered out completely. Yeah, so yeah. it'd be interesting to find out yeah. where the Ottoman, the term Ottoman comes from I think is a corruption with oh, yeah. Osmani yes yes go on no, brother again again that is not uh, absolutely clearly known o- although most historians uh, these days especially in Turkey say it's named after Osman and that was corrupted by the Latins to Ottoman we don't know for certain unfortunately much of the history taught by Muslims especially in Turkey is based on romanticism and legends and wishful thinking to be honest yeah. you know, to satisfy our, our own so, like, you know, defeated mentality that once we were great, etc. So, we need to go into facts. Yes. Yeah. So, as I said, a group of nomads migrating towards the Western Anatolia were led by someone called Arturul. So, where he originated from exactly is not known. Mm. Certain historians say he was a grandson of the last Seljuk um, uh, ruler, but that's a bit dubious. But nevertheless, yeah. so after his death, he was succeeded by his son. Yes. Now, uh, popularly known as Osman, but his name might have been a Turkish name, Osman. We don't know for certain. But we know. Right, right, brother, we're we're kind of losing you. If you you can just come closer to your uh, uh, telephone set so we can hear you clearer. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. Actual son, his name was most likely Osman, or maybe he was carrying a Central Asian Turkish name for Osman. Osman. We don't know for certain, right, but right. somehow okay. that got corrupted by the uh, Latins to Ottoman. Right. So, um, Osman, he carried on the spirit of jihad, started um, by his father, Arturo. He gathered all his nomad uh, friends, colleagues, yes. in tent, to start what was known as uh, Ghazi raid against the Byzantines, because they boarded the uh, yes. Byzantine land yes. in western Anatolia. Yes. And his um, spirit was just to simply spread the word of Allah. Yes, uh, yes. On horseback, yes. Or with simple swords and shields. They had nothing more than that. Yes. So um, that was the uh, spirit he passed on to his son, Orhan. So, I mean, officially, the Ottoman Empire was founded in 1299. But again, uh, we can't say for certain. But during that period, yeah. Osman started his raid against the local Byzantine fortresses. Yes. Uh, taking village, uh, little villages, etc. He, wa- he wasn't fighting against the neighboring Turkish principalities yet. He was just fighting against the Byzantines. Yes. And just before his death was his uh, most significant uh, achievement and conquest, and that was the conquest of uh, Nikea in Turkish business. That's very significant. Nikea is famous for its Christian councils in the early days of Christianity. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Founded. So him capturing that was a real um, significant, you know, milestone, right? Psychological right. achievement right, for right. the Ottomans mm. and the defeat for the Byzantines. Now, interesting thing is, I can go. Uh, but, but, uh, brother Riza, I'm, I'm just going to stop you because we're, we're going to be going into a commercial break for for a couple sure, of minutes, yeah. right? And then we're going to come back and then we can uh, continue yeah. the conversation. I just want to touch, uh, in short, are, are you still available to continue the conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun, fantastic, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So what, what, what we can do is, uh, inshallah, we're going to go, uh, we're going to be away for about four or five minutes and then we'll come back and then yeah, we'll continue sure. this conversation. But just before we go, we have a very quick question for you. So I've got here historical researchers. So are you actually based here in the UK and, and what's your area yeah, of yeah. specialism just out of interest? I, I live in the UK. I mean, I was 
born and raised in this country. I'm of Turkish uh, background. Right. I, I, I mean, I have to say I'm not a professional historian. Yes. But I do do historical research, you know, uh, uh, mostly around Ottoman history, Islamic uh, history, but general uh, history as well, European history. Ah, uh, 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 lovely. Okay, lovely. So we are going to go into a commercial break. The red, the red screen has come up, which means I need to start wrapping up. Okay, so we're gonna Thank we're gonna be away for about four minutes. When we come back, it's gonna be lovely speaking to you, inshallah. So please, just please bear with me. Thank you. Okay, listeners, that is Brother Riza, who's given us a fantastic insight into the Uthmani Khilafah and given us some good introduction and uh, in terms of the article series also. We're going to be discussing a bit more and, and I also want to bring it into the modern day context in terms of Turkey, uh, inshallah. So don't go away. We're going to be back in a couple of minutes when we will continue the conversation. You are with me, Hafiz Shaban, on uh, Weekly Live. Weekly live. I keep getting the two shows mixed up. Friday, mm-hmm. Friday night live. Zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two zero one five eight two four eight one eight double two is the number here in the studio. Do get in touch, inshallah, and don't go away. We'll be back in a few minutes. Assalamualaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban and Brother Zafar here in the studios. 01582481822 is the number here in the studio. I'm still waiting for the first guest to call in with his comments or questions, uh, inshallah, or, what, or if you want to SMS or WhatsApp, is 0779 We are into the last part of the show this evening uh, so inshallah if you want to get your thoughts and your messages then do do so uh, last opportunity and we are currently discussing uh, with a, a brother who's an expert on this particular subject matter inshallah uh, we're discussing the Uthmani Khilafah the Uthmani and the Ottoman uh, Caliphate right uh, and we were also discussing it in the context of this fantastic series that uh, many people are and I know a lot of members of the community are actually currently completely hooked onto, and that is the, the article series right and, and I, I guess it's important to actually look at it in, in a particular context right so when you're looking at it you know try to take away some lessons away from uh, the historical accounts that are being provided and the discussions that are being provided I'm sure a lot of people are inspired by it by the by the vision of this this individual by the uh, by the vision of this tribe and how this tribe as brother uh, Riza we had earlier really consisted of a, of a few tribesmen uh, living in a few tents but how they are inspired by this vision and, and how that then actually leads or sows the seeds for them to later establish this uh, phenomenal state uh, called the Uthmani Caliphate, right? And, and in fact, you know, what I came across recently was a, a, a Times article, uh, the Times Tuesday, the March of the 4th, 1924, and uh, headlines, the abolition of, uh, abolition of the Caliphate, decision of Turkish Assembly Abdul Majid Deposed, right? And I want to discuss it in a bit of a, a current context too, with uh, with brother Riza. And we're also going to get a, get another guest on the on the on the phone, and that is brother Tariq Bashara, who's from Hikma History. And of course, I've got brother Zafar here in the studio. So I'm going to go back to brother Riza, and um, yeah. 
and also bro brother Riza, you've been giving us this fantastic you know outline in terms of how the you know the the, the historical development and, and and the kind of inception yeah. of the Uthmani caliphate right uh, I want yeah. you to fast track right okay in terms yeah. of okay you know how you know that the the soul the, the seeds were sown for for this Ottoman you know caliphate to be established and how it was established right some of the key figures that were you know instrumental in establishing that fantastic in terms of the vision and how they were able to unify a lot of the Muslim sure. lands, Muslim people around this, you know, political entity, right? But, you know, sure, fa yeah. fa fast track that for me in terms of the modern day Turkey, right? So I earlier just cited in terms of the abolition of the caliphate in 1924, officially yeah. uh, in, in yeah. Turkey. You know, how, what, what has been the impact of, of this historical, you know, you know, uh, you know, legacy, you know, being played out through these five series sure. to the Turkish people? I mean, and then you've got this kind of Turkish Republic kind of a, a secular bit with with this Islamic you know element to it also sure. you, you know you know does not does not not kind of in you know kind of you know you know kind of incite the people and to the and reminiscent the people to this great glorious past that they've had and, and the desire to actually bring that back in, in Turkey in that sure. form of a, of a caliphate well, well, what's the kind sure, of narrative yeah. if you just permit to go back to the okay the days, uh, so ultimately purpose of you know jihad uh, you know, fighting the way of Allah is to spread the message of Islam to those who haven't received it. Yes. Now, for me, the biggest achievement of the Ottomans, and initially they were far from being a Khilafah, even a state, you know, yes. even a country, right. was not uniting Muslims. Uniting Muslims was in fact harder for the Ottomans, but to bring together the disparate Christian peoples in the Balkans and make them live under one umbrella for centuries so how they achieve that so that so that's a very interesting comment well. actually yeah okay yeah. unfortunately if you if we look at history especially in turkey especially romantics mm. the ottomans were all about winning battles and all that mm. now you don't rule over many varied peoples muslims non-muslims etc in harmony for centuries just by winning some battles. absolutely you know, fantastic that's a fantastic point lose that right so bro, 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 brother Reza, I, I just want I just want to home into that because that's a very important point yeah. right because at the moment yeah. you see you know all of these different minorities living in Europe right and you know facing a lot of backlash right so it's you know let's home into this particular point so for how yeah. we're talking about hundreds of years hundreds of years these yeah. Christian lands right and these Christian yeah. people living under the rule of Islam in very in a very homogeneous kind of kind of manner, you know, melted into this kind of structure. Ho give, give us a bit more of a background with regards to that. Yeah. So, um, as, as I said, initially the Ottomans, yeah, yeah, they were fighters, they were warriors, they had swords in their hands. But what they had was a good, genuine understanding of the Quran, the spirit of Islam, that is to spread justice to all peoples, right. spread the word of Allah mm. and his sense of justice. They understood that well, and they were able to impart that to. Byzantines, the Greeks, the Bulgarians, the mm. Serbs, the Hungarians, etc. This needs to be understood really, really well. I admit, I have difficult understanding that as well. It requires a lot of academic research. Yeah. How they were able to bring people like that together. Now, there, were, there are some basic reasons. Amongst the Christians, there was a lot of infighting due yes. to you know, the sectarian yeah. differences. Byzantines and the Bulgarians and the Serbs, they all wanted their own churches to be prevalent, etc., etc. Now, Ottomans came along, mm. brought all them under one umbrella, yes. and basically brought harmony, 
peace and, and, okay. and gave him uh, some justice. I mean, that's interesting because I mean, exactly. do, do you see a lot of parallels, brother Riza, right, between what yeah. you had at that time and what you have today in the, in the world when there's a lot of you know dissatisfaction, a lot of inequality, a yeah. lot of oppression, economics, yeah. you know, social, you know, you, you almost see a similar similarities, right? Exactly. So it's important you know, for us to understand the genuine spirits of Islam, jihad, etc. It's not just to mm. win wars, you know, battles. It's to spread the word of Allah, justice, you know, bring hope to people, you know, right. bring unity to people, be an example to people. That's the, that was the spirit of the early... The Dawah. I, I, I introduced them to Islam, right? Okay. Exactly. Let me, can I give you a quick example, please? Now, v- very quickly, because I've got, I've got another guest yeah. also who, who's waiting very patiently well, on, on the phone. Ottomans, uh, initially... Spread very rapidly in the Balkans. Yes. But the third, uh, the fourth Sultan Bayezid, he lost a very significant battle against Tamerlane, who came from the east, who was a half-Muslim, nominal Muslim ruler. Right. He he destroyed the Ottoman army. Right. There's various reasons for that. One of the reasons was the Turkish uh, Turkic elements in the Ottoman army defected right. over to Tamerlane, so they right, were right. they weren't happy about losing their power, influence in Anatolia. On that day, the most effective significant uh, elements within the Ottoman army were Serbian, was a Serbian Christian element wow. in the Ottoman army because the Serbians were loyal to the South State of the Ottomans. Despite losing to the Ottomans at Kosovo in 1389, yes. Serbians became effective, loyal Ottoman subjects. That, that, and they were the most effective fighters on that state. Wow, fantastic. Uh, fan, 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 a fantastic example, brother. Is that just, just hold on to that. Hold, hold on to that thought, inshallah. Just let me come back to you. Yeah? Just, give me, just give me a minute, Akhi. I'm going to see if I can do this successfully. Okay, I, I think I can, inshallah. <laughs> I, I, I want to introduce brother Tariq uh, Bashara. You know, brother Jazakallah for very, be, being very patient. But I also know... No problem. Uh, I also noticed there's a lot of background noise where, where you are, so I've had to put you on hold for for a number of, a number of t- times. So if you can just try right. kindly ensure that there's a, a minimum background noise. So, so brother Tariq Jazakallah for joining us on Friday Night Live, uh, Hikmah history, right? So we are discussing, right. and you've probably you know patiently been listening to brother Riza Mashallah, who's a historical researcher, giving us a, some fantastic insight into the Uthmani Caliphate background, the justice of the mm. Caliphate, you know how they you know were spreading the, the message of Islam and. and bringing all these different factions you know uh disunited under the umbrella of islam and we were also discussing it, of course in, in the context of you know this fantastic series the article series right and how mm, this has captured yeah. the, the the minds and the hearts of uh, you know communities across global right uh, and of course right. you 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 uh correct me if i'm wrong uh, do you, do you pro- provide travel guide and and some kind of travel services is, is that is that what no, you actually no, provide no, no, no. I just provide like information about information, right. key figures, uh, key monuments, and key cities right, right. in the so, history so you, of the Islamic world. Right, right. So, so, so tell, mm. t- tell us, marry the two things t- together for me, right? So, I mean, of course, it's fantastic, you know, hearing all of these towns and these names, right? Again, there's a lot of background right. noise, brother Tariq, where you are. If, if, if somehow... Right, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm at university right now. I'm gonna try to look for a, a more quiet place. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, sorry, brother Tariq. Saying? But, but <laughs> if, if you can just marry these things together, so a lot of these names and, and places that we hear part of this series about the Uthmani Caliphate. Tell us about some of the key, uh, you know, facts from, from history, some of the key monuments and these, these places that have been referred to in, in these series, and, and if you can. Yeah, sure, no worries. Well, Ertugrul is, uh, people don't really know too much about him. Obviously, we know that he was the father of the uh, creator of the Ottoman Empire. Yes, yes. Uh, right? Uh, Osman. Uh, and that is what the Ottoman Empire is named after. But beyond that, we don't really know too much. Yeah. What we do know is uh, that Ertugrul does touch upon a really interesting fact, which is that of migration, mm. right? Like, 
how uh, Ertugrul, it wasn't Ertugrul, it wasn't his dad, but I think like his grandfather in the series, or his yes. great-grandfather, right. had migrated from Central Asia to Anatolia. And yes. I don't know about you, but for me, that's absolutely fascinating, considering yes. that when we think of Turkey, yes. just 900, 900 years ago, there was no Turks living in Anatolia. Right. It would just be Greeks. Wow. It would be, you know, just uh, other other ethnicities. But it's only in like the last 900 years yes. that people have had to kind of, you know, change uh, yes. the, the landscape, literally. Yes. It's absolutely fascinating. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, it shows you, you know, having that vision, migrating for the sake of the da'wah and, and, and uh, for, the, for the sake of actually Islam and obviously com- uh, conveying Islam, as Brother Rizal was saying mm. earlier, you know, how, how right. that can not only give a vision, but you, the goals that you can actually achieve, right? So in terms of right. the services that you provide, right? Tell me more about right. what, what you do, Akhi. What, what is this Hikmah history all about? Well, it's it's about, like I said, uh, trying to show people an engaging aspect of the history of the Islamic world. Right. So I do a history, history videos, a uh, couple of blogs here and there. I'm very active on social media. Right. I'm currently doing a PhD as well, so uh, I kind of have to juggle everything together. I'm not as active as I'd like to be. P- but, um, PhD on Islamic yeah. history, any, anything interesting, or is it? Yeah, it's uh, it's on the history of uh, like 20th century Middle East. So it touches upon things like nationalism and modernization and colonialism <coughs> and imperialism. Right, so it's right. very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. And, and what what are you finding in terms of you know all of these blogs or videos that you're producing? I mean, are you finding a, a, a kind of a resurgence and and and, and a, you know a, a kind of a trend in terms of interest in now Islamic history on the back end of yeah. these kind of shows where people are saying, hey, let, let me search what is Sigat, what is this Kai tribe, what is Gardish or whatever the word is, right? Yeah, that's, well, a, that's a good that's a that's a good point. It's a, you know what it is. With programs like uh, Ertugrul, it's literally made uh, uh, parts of history, heritage, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things that typically you would expect to be quite boring subjects, yeah, to yeah, be quite exactly. fashionable. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's this uh, company, I don't know if you're aware of it, it's called Baraka Base. Right. Have no, you heard of it? I, no, I haven't, no. They, uh, the, it's like, uh, I think it's run by a couple of brothers right. up north uh, near Bradford or something, and they basically create clothes that you would see in Ertugrul. So like the hats oh, really? and like the flags. Yeah. I, I was looking yeah. for one of those hats, Achim, man. I'm from Leeds, man. So when I'm down there next time, I'll, right, I'll, right. I'll go dig it out in Bradford. <laughs> yeah, you got to check it out, man. I need to get one myself. They look really cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There, there, but, yeah. There's the new trend, but, is it? It right. is, it is. But one other really uh, cool insight that I've got from creating these videos and yeah. uh, social media presence yeah. is that even from non-Muslims, yes. they have espoused a tremendous amount of interest in try- in learning oh, more fantastic. about the history yeah. of the Islamic world, mm. which is really cool, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, especially fantastic. the kind of times we're living in now, absolutely. especially last week. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Okay, okay, great. I, I, I want to go back to uh, Brother Riza, uh, who's mm. patiently holding on, 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 on the call. Uh, let me let me see if I got brother Rizal. I, I managed to get brother Rizal, but I managed to lose brother brother Tariq. That, that shows you I haven't quite mastered this this expertise here. Uh, brother Rizal, assalamualaikum. Are you still yeah. there? Alaikum salam. Yes, sir. Right, right. Okay. So we've got about ten minutes left, right? So we're just looking sure, at this, you know, the Uthmani Caliphate. You're giving us all this historical background, mashallah. You know, you know, bring it, bring it into the current day context. So the question I was asking you earlier, right, was with regards yeah. to you know the current day modern Turkey and the aspirations of the people with regards to the this uh, this phenomenal historical legacy, right, and the debate exactly. in, in Turkey. I, I don't know if it's still a debate in terms of you know, are, are we in Europe and do we want to be part of Europe. 
Europe and I, I, don't, I don't know if they want to be with all of this yeah. Brexit going on or whether they want to go back and reclaim this fantastic leadership that they had across the whole Muslim yeah. world through the, through the caliphate system. Is the concept of the caliphate system in Turkey still got a substantial following? What's the, what's the, the narrative on the yeah. ground? Um, there definitely has been a reawakening recently, you know, uh, right. and the desire to know more about our history, what we did in history. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, if you go to Turkey, Istanbul, history is everywhere. Why things are mm. here? You know, you've got great mosques, you've got you know great works, uh, you know, written in the old Ottoman Turkish script, etc., etc. The people are becoming more aware of those now. In terms of identity, if we talk about are we European, are we Asian, are we this, are yeah. we that, that's the never-ending argument. It won't finish. Mm. What we have to realize is what is our responsibility. I mean, what is happening around the world? Mm. Syria, Balkans, uh, yes. all these troubles everywhere. Yes. How can we, uh, you know, come out of this quagmire? This, yes. you know, uh, you know, not really bad situation we're in, and you know, bring hope to people. What is our responsibility yes. in, uh, in terms of? what Allah wants, what the Quran wants, what Islam wants. Otherwise, you know, we'd, we'd never come up with an identity, European, Asian, etc. We have to realize we have a sense of responsibility of Turks and Kurds. What have we done in history? We've come together, okay, fought against injustice, fought against the Crusaders, fought against, you know, um, enemies within, etc. together, you know, with the spirit of jihad. I mean, Turks and Kurds together have come, have come together in history and done lots for Islam in mm. uh, the European Balkans, in uh, Yemen and Arabia, yes. etc. We have to understand yeah. what is our calling in life. Yeah, what yes. is Allah wanting from us? Yeah, right. we we have to make an effort, yeah. jihad in some way, to bring hope, justice, yes. uh, understanding to people. You know, and to uh, raise them from the you know really. No, I I I, 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 I couldn't agree with some. I couldn't agree, brother uh, Riza, with, yeah. with more with, with some of your sentiments. I mean, you, you don't need to look at the the wider world, but just look at the Muslim world. Is now coming out of his shell. It's looking for right. an identity. To yes. be honest, it's coming out of his shell. Yes, I mean, it's been in a particular shell for the last eighty years, which yes. is no longer fit for purpose. Yes, and it's come out of the shell. It's come out. It's seen the light, but it's at a loss. Which yes. way are we heading? Okay. Yes. That's where the, that's where Turkey is at the moment. Okay, it so so t tell me more about this debate, uh, brother. This is what I want. I'm really fascinated by. Tell me more about this debate, right? That you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, create, you know, not craving, but carving out an identity for itself. Because Turkey, let's let's look at it. I mean, it's yeah. playing quite a leading role in 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 the world, in in the Muslim world too. I mean, yeah. in, in, in most recently, I mean, whether you're talking about Syria, whether you're talking about some of the other you know events that have been going on, you know, Turkey's trying to play. A, a, a leading role is at the same time trying to appease America, the European yeah. nations, but at the same time, you know, internally, you know, it's got the the, just, the justice and the the social party, exactly. you know, which has got the strong Islamic elements to it, right? Uh, and then you know, you you've got these kind of pr series that you're producing, which are really charging up the Islamic sentiments, right? What yeah. about the notion of you know? Uh, the caliphate is that something that is still a valid debate and and a, and a, and, a, and a debate which is that is still applicable in today's twenty first century for Turkey? What, what is what is the, what are the people saying with regards to that? I mean, there's no notion of yeah, let's revive the caliphate, you know, uh, make Istanbul the centre of the caliphate again. That's too romantic, you know, yeah. and ideal. Yeah. Uh, so there isn't that uh, in that sense. Uh, no, let's revive the caliphate. There isn't that argument, but yeah. there is a serious identity and power struggle in Turkey. Yeah. The old so-called elites, the secular elite, elites, naturally are losing their power. You can't, you know, um, uh, you know, repress people for decades. Yeah, yes. 
and then you know expect that to last forever. People yeah. are coming out of their shell. Yes. Okay, they're, they're trying to find what their identity is, but there's no romantic uh, notion of let's revive the caliphate, etc. Yeah. Right. That argument is not really taking uh, place in Turkey. But what's happening is the natural Islamic DNA of the people is coming to the forefront, and that's going to cause obviously conflict with secular elites, with westernized elites, or people who want to be westernized, etc. It's going to mm. cause that power struggle, and that's going to take some time in Turkey. There are going to be some convulsions, unfortunately. Right. But let's hope for the best. But it's, it's that, you know, power and identity yes. conflict taking place in Turkey at the moment. People yeah. want to express their Islamic identity more, but they're still a bit tentative. There All is right. still that secular sort of ideology. Now, yeah. can I just quickly say, yeah, yeah, go on. I've travelled around Turkey obviously a lot. I've travelled in the Islamic Republic of Iran and a few other... So few you're Arab actually a t Turkish yourself, Brother Rizal, correct? I am, yes. yes. I am, yes. Okay. I've travelled in a few... Um, Arab countries. Now, Turkey is officially secular. Okay, so I, I wanted to ask you a question with regards to that. Actually, so it's interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, my, that was going to be my next question, right? So you've got all of this this series and, and this Turkish history that you, you know you're really broadcasting across the m m Muslim world, also across the Muslim, you know, the Arab world, right? What's been yeah. the reaction from the from those countries when you've been a, a, out there engaging with the people and from the audiences audiences? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I, my travels were, you know, well before these series uh, right. started. Right. But my point was, even though, you know, Turkey is officially, uh, you know, uh, secular, the spirit of Islam has never been erased from the people. There's more of an Islamic atmosphere in Turkey than in Iran or some Arab countries, especially okay, in the wow. month of Ramadan. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to Istanbul, you hear the call to prayer five times a day, reverberating yeah. all around the city loudly. Yes. You don't see that in Iran, for example. Oh, so really? The spirit of Islam and DNA, you know, our Islamic DNA is very much alive and that has come into the forefront. But I mean, what I have seen is there is that, you know, uh, uh, sort of like desire and that, you know, towards, you know, Turkey, you know, coming to its senses and being that sort of leader again. Or yeah, absolutely. And not a leader, but an inspiration for other Muslim countries, a hope. Not necessarily a leader. Maybe we haven't got the energy or the ability to be a leader, but, 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 but inspiration. In, in, no, but, but that, that's the point, brother, is that, that I was raising earlier, right? So if you look across yeah. the Muslim world, you know, earlier yeah. we were discussing a different topic, but the key question was about leadership again. And, and the Muslim yeah. world globally, politically, it lacks that leadership, doesn't it? I mean, who are the leading Muslim nations today that can actually you know, stand out there for the interests of the Muslim community. I mean, we're not even talking about the non-Muslim community. We're talking about the Muslim community. They, they seem to be, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the, the you know, all sorts of perils, right? So, you know, you you yeah. got Pakistan with its, you know, certain political, you know, capability and, and strength because of its, you know, nuclear capability, uh, yeah. and then you've got Turkey and okay, maybe Iran to to some extent, but but not really at the service of the Muslim community at the moment. It's more interested in its own political, geopolitical yeah. game. So that's why I'm saying Turkey's really got that opportunity to really, you know, it take that that momentum. I mean, I can't exactly. see the other Gulf states from, from in terms of doing that. Exactly. I mean, fundamentally, the first thing Turkey needs to do, and it's doing that, is revert to its, you know, genuine identity, overcome its, you know, uh, identity problems, uh, come back to its, you know, Islamic soul. Islamic spirit, soul. Okay. okay. And that will inspire people. I've seen people in the Balkans, Albanians, Kosovans, etc., yeah. looking to Turkey, Bosnians looking to Turkey for that spiritual leadership at least wow. political leadership okay. spiritual leadership okay brother Riza you know what it's been fantastic talking to you and Jazakallah here for you for your time much. it's been great Thanks actually very inspiring and you've, you've shed a lot of light on this subject matter and I really appreciate that and in the last two three minutes that I've got I want to I want to you know to 
pick the brains of my co-presenter here in the studio, Brother Zafar. But Jazakallah Hair and Inshallah, I'm sure we'll be in touch again sooner rather than later. Okay, Jazakallah Hair. That was Brother Riza. Okay, and uh, he is, of course, a historical researcher, giving us some fantastic insight in terms of, in terms of the history. Uh, but last couple of minutes, I want to give to Brother Zafar. Brother Zafar, right? You've you've been listening to to all of that discussion, uh, the the role of Turkey in terms of historical. We've seen that the the great heights that the Osmani Caliphate reached, right? And then we see the current debate at the moment. How, how do you read the, the historical Turkey and the Uthmani Khilafah versus the, the modern-day Turkey? Yeah, I, th- I think like, like Pakistan, t- Turkey is, is in a, I think like, like the, the brother said, um, you know, there, there is a crisis of, of who we are. Mm. There's certain portions of Turkey want to be part of Europe and think they are part of Europe and there's other aspects of it who are in Asia and think they're Asians. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, so, so there's that, that kind of like... Uh, um, you know, split kind of debate, uh, th- yeah, split yeah. kind of de- debate, yeah. etc. Yeah. But I think what what stu- uh, series like Earthgold and there's others as well yes. are beginning to reawaken yes. their identity. Yeah. And then in 1923, we see that hundred year, you know, the yes. the uh, agreement between the Paris Agreement, I think, <clears throat> between the Western powers and and Turkey uh, mm. to keep it secular, etc. Um, and then bound to sort of certain certain conditions. Uh, that comes to an end, and I think what you're seeing now is, is Turkey is gearing up towards being able to redefine itself, rather than being defined by the terms of the treaty. Yeah. They're beginning to sort of think about how do we define ourselves going forward, and I think part of this discourse you're seeing yeah. in the the media is yeah. is contributing to that. Yeah. To that, yeah. and 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 you've seen uh, Erdogan, the leader, uh, I think intermingles sometimes when he does his speeches, etc. Into terms of the mu- musical themes of vertical etc <laughs> so he's playing on that uh, right. himself yeah. uh, but uh, I think certainly uh, having assertive leadership right within the Muslim community is, is yeah. uh, I guess it's a um, it's a better thing I think for yeah. the, the Muslims I think it's important for the peace of the world right. uh, peace in in the world yeah. to ensure that that Muslim Muslim communities are appropriately represented yeah. Yeah. Uh, by people who are you know seen to be uh, to be reflecting their, their, their kind of worldview. Mm, mm. Okay, uh, Brother Zafar, Jazakallah for, for your thoughts. I was going to ask you another question, but then I thought, you know what, we're about to, to end the show in the next 50 I, I see that panic expression in your face, so I thought I'd stop. seconds. No, no. <laughs> so when the, those red lights start flashing. But uh, but I, I wanted to also get your thoughts on, a, on another news story that uh, that was breaking, uh, you know, that was hitting the headlines t- today, and that was uh, with regards to Trump's comment or tweet, right, with regards to the Golden Heights and how it should be recognised as an official Israeli territory, right? Mm. In 15 seconds, any any thoughts on that before we uh, we end? Well, I, I think uh, this is this is uh, a shot across the bow, isn't it, for Syria? Because I think mm. Syria is beginning uh. to show that it's won the the civil war mm. and it's beginning to assert itself. So uh. I think this is a challenge to Syria to say, well, actually, part of it is still. It's disputed it's territory. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, so on that note, Brother Zafar, Jazakallah, here, inshallah, ta'ala. hopefully you're going to be taking the hot seat next week because hopefully I'm going to be in Pakistan next week. So I won't be here in the, in the hot seat, inshallah. Ta'ala. Oh, but, it's but, too hot for me. Oh, it's too hot for you. All right, uh, okay, listeners, uh, Jazakallah, here. this was uh, Hafi Shaban and Brother Zafar here in the studio on Friday Night Live. And we are going to be signing out now. And until next week, inshallah, ta'ala. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And do always try to contribute, inshallah, ta'ala, and get, in, get involved in our discussions but you'll have an opportunity next week until then assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh
Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.